you know, the, the information that we have access to now and the fact that we have documentaries at our fingertips and uh, we can Google any question. I think that has been like a huge part of the rise in, in kind of consciousness and, and people making this uh, switch to a plant-based diet. I, I honestly, you know, I put a lot of weight into that and um, kind of why I do what I do. It's the most, I believe, one of the most impactful ways to reach people. You can reach millions of people potentially from just sitting at your home on the, uh, at home on the computer. And it's, um, it's very powerful stuff. Welcome to Healthy Human Revolution Podcast. I'm Dr. Lori Marvis, and today I'm so honored to interview Jody Monell. How are you? I'm good, thanks. Well, thank you for joining us. And Jody is the founder and CEO of LiveKindly.co, and it's an amazing resource for plant-based eaters and vegan activism and just news in general. And Jody, I would really love to hear your story. Can you tell us kind of how you transitioned yourself or found yourself um, interested in, you know, veganism and plant-based eating? Sure, yeah. Um, so I went vegan coming up to about five years ago now. Um, was living in New Zealand at the time. I'm, I'm from the UK and now living in Canada. Um, but I was really on this kind of path of, uh, I guess, somewhat self-discovery and, and kind of speaking with new people as you do when you travel and you have really interesting conversations. And it was around about the time that Cowspiracy um, came to Netflix. And I toyed with the idea and been back and forth from vegetarianism and non-vegetarianism for a long time, but never really explored veganism. And I kind of liked myself as a, an environmentalist <laughs> um, and also someone who cared very much about animals. And it wasn't until I had a conversation about the dairy industry specifically with a few people at work and, and my partner at the time and, and then watched Cowspiracy and things just started to kind of gradually piece together very quickly. And um, we were vegetarian at the time and, and we woke up one morning, I think after watching a few YouTube <laughs> videos, um, had a conversation and, you know, we were just saying, we, I don't think we can eat cheese anymore. <laughs> And um, it was actually um, it was actually my partner that spurred on the uh, I guess the transition to to veganism. I was a bit more reluctant. I, I used to love cheese. I still do vegan cheese. Um, but yeah, so so that conversation is where it started, and we pretty much finished all of the animal products, the dairy products that we had left in our house that week, and. And then we made the change and we haven't looked back since. It's been a phenomenal kind of life-changing um, experience for me and, um, and everything for the good. That's a really, I'm, I like to point out that you said you had a conversation with someone. So sometimes a lot of people, I even know physicians who are plant-based themselves, but refuse to have conversations with people. Can you tell us a little bit about that conversation and what it was that really made you start thinking or spurning some thoughts that this might be something you want to do? definitely um so the conversation was mostly around the dairy industry and how that worked and i can't remember exactly how it went but it was uh, along the lines of you know did you know a cow had to be has to be pregnant to produce milk you know how how else do you think that uh you get milk and i felt really stupid because i had never i had never thought about it before but i you know I, it took me a second and i was like well they obviously they produce it for babies how else would they do it how else does any you know living creature and mammal produce milk and 
um, and then I actually started looking into it in terms of, you know, finding out, uh, you know, just Googling or looking on YouTube and having people kind of explain the dairy industry to me and realizing that the veal, you know, you're funding the veal industry by purchasing dairy. And that's something that I'm, you know, obviously as a, an ethical vegetarian at the time was uh, not comfortable with. Um, so that was something that really shocked me. It was the fact that you're still as a vegetarian contributing to the death of an animal, the unnecessary, the early death and, and the treatment of the animals as well. Um, and so, yeah, that was, that was really the conversation that spurred it. And it wasn't, you know, a one-time conversation. It was, and it wasn't with a vegan, actually. It was kind of like, you know, other people just discussing and questioning things. And we kind of learned together and uh, it, it was a few colleagues at work and they eventually went vegan as well. Um, so it was, it was very interesting how it happened. It wasn't, you know, a vegan activist or, or anything that was kind of pushing. It was just a logical decision that came from a very logical conversation. Well, I think it speaks volumes of just you're having an open mind and listening to someone who might be telling you something that goes against your own thoughts or beliefs. I think that's a big part of kind of the hesitancy. So, but where, where you said you were an ethical vegetarian, where did that come from? Is that something you grew up with or your family or, or what happened there? Um, kind of, um, I think mostly kind of born out of curiosity and a natural love for animals. I, I don't know if I can pinpoint it because it's just something that I feel that I have always been curious about. And I remember, um, you know, as a child, always watching documentaries on animals and I would be fascinated by, you know, how the animal kingdom works in, in general. And I don't know what my thought process was at the time when I was in school or college, but I remember whenever there, there would be like, you know, vegetarian demos or, um, you know, posters on the wall sometimes, you know, you might have a group of people that had come in to talk about the nutrition as a vegetarian or something. And I was just always really drawn to that <laughs> and um, just curious about it. And I remember the first time I started having my own income, it was, I must've been around 13 or something, just a part-time job, um, kind of helping my mom. And I would go and try, I would go and look in these kind of old, um, I don't know how to, <laughs> how to kind of describe them, but these like, old style health food shops that would have extremely overpriced kind of pastas and, uh, and, and health food. Um, mm -hmm. And, you know, I, I was very curious and wanted to like purchase all of this like amazing different food that I wasn't eating at home. Um, but, you know, as someone who wasn't really in control of my own finances at the time, felt that that wasn't uh, an option that was available to me. The interesting thing was, is that my family did go vegetarian for a short period of time. And that was, um, spurred on by my dad and it was for ethical reasons i believe also maybe for health um there was the uh the bse scandal in in the uk that mad cow disease and uh we we stopped eating meat um for a long time in my family so that probably paid a part a, a part of this but um yeah it's difficult for me to pinpoint like a a time it just feels like it was unnatural um transition for me kind of learning throughout my life and I you know I shoot myself in the foot now thinking 
I knew this a long time ago. How did it take me 27 years to make that connection? It's, it was, it blows my mind. And, um, but I think it's, you know, it's very similar to, to many people who have adopted a plant-based lifestyle that, that hadn't previously. Whatever. I was 41. <laughs> so that was several years ago, but yeah. So you're, you're well ahead of the ballgame. <laughs> um, as far as, so you went completely vegan four or five years ago? Yeah, I think it's just approaching or just over five years ago now. Okay. I'm still a new vegan, really. <laughs> it's what? I'm sorry? I'm still a new vegan, I think, <laughs> to most people. <laughs> John Pierre, do you know John Pierre? I, um, I don't know. Oh, the chef? Oh. No, no, John Pierre, JP, he's, um, he's been vegan, oh my goodness, like 35, I don't know, 40 years, who knows. But he's a um, celebrity trainer for like Ellen DeGeneres. And... Yes, yes, yes. No, I do know who you mean, yeah. Do you not know him personally? I don't know him personally. Oh, I need to email connect you guys. He's a good friend of mine. <laughs> and um, he's been, I mean, he's so interesting. I'm like, how did you do this so young? I can't even imagine. So, um, but yeah, he's he's what I would consider a mentor as far as like the years and decades <laughs> or Chef AJ. <laughs> um, I just, yeah. I, I <laughs> they're incredible. Yeah, the um, my editor-in-chief at Live Kindly, I think she's been vegan for 20, 20 years or something. And I'm just like, oh my God, I wish I had known you 20 years ago. It makes you wonder, I'm like, how did they do it? Because I, I think about my own um, growing up and how we just had, we had always had our vegetables because it was cheaper to have a garden. We didn't have a lot of money. We actually didn't eat a lot of meat because it took there's a lot of income, but we always said cheese and milk. But I'm wondering, how did you do, how would you be able to do that if you didn't know? Like there was no recipes, there's no internet to, there's no books to help. I just can't even fathom what that would be like. I mean. I really think that the, um, you know, the, the information that we have access to now and the fact that we have documentaries at our fingertips and uh, we can Google any question. I think that has been like a huge part of the rise in in kind of consciousness and, and people making this uh, switch to a plant-based diet. I, I honestly, you know, I put a lot of weight into that and um, kind of why I do what I do is the most, I believe one of the most impactful ways to reach people. You can reach millions of people Potentially from just sitting at your home on the uh, at home on the computer, and it's um it's very powerful stuff. Absolutely. And speaking of what you do, so how did the whole idea for Live Kindly start? Like, where was the nice? Because just the idea of of doing something like you're doing, I mean, that's you have to have a certain, I think, vision. Um. Yeah, I did. I um. So I've only been running the company for just over a year and a half. It's uh, kind of exploded in a very short space of time. And I've been on a very steep learning curve. <laughs> um, I had, I guess it had quite humble beginnings. I didn't necessarily intend to start a company um, of this scale. <laughs> and, um, and I hope it grows bigger as well. You know, I, I'm not, I'm not saying that this is as far as we're going to go. I, I hope we continue to grow at this, at this speed. But, but yeah, so I started the company about a year and a half ago. Um, I, I just had this idea thinking as like a, someone who had maybe blogged intermittently before and attempted to do like a food blog and then realized, well, no one's reading my content and I'm barely posting. I can't, you know, manage this 
I don't know how to grow a blog myself and to get that reach. And it feels like a drop in the ocean when you think about how many experts, how many people have voices, how many um, amazing stories there are to tell out there. And, you know, as one person, I can't do all of that myself. And as one person, I'm not going to create that reach. I mean, some people do it amazingly well. Don't get me wrong. There are huge bloggers out there, but it wasn't something that I felt that I, I had the capacity for. And, and so I, I kind of reached out just on, um, on Facebook and I, I posted, you know, does anyone want to help build a website for me? And, um, one of my, uh, one of my friends back in the UK actually offered to do that for free, which was just incredible just because he loves building websites and he had never, he'd built like good shops before, but never a, a content site. And that was a, an interesting journey. I had to learn WordPress very quickly. Um, and then I reached out to, uh, a number of, uh, vegans just to see whether they were, you know, from Facebook groups to see whether they were interested in, in writing, um, some content and you know what the vegan community is like very generous, very giving with their time because everyone is so passionate about, um, about what we're working toward. And so a lot of people started writing content for free and in a very short space of time, once the site was live and the content was, uh, was being put out there, we just grew rapidly on, on Facebook was uh, the first kind of big thing for us. And I think my boss at the time when I was working for a small VC here in Vancouver, um, he was on a business trip and he came back and he had seen how quick, and I was doing this, this kind of project on the, on the side of my, my full-time job, but he'd seen how quickly it had grown. And we had like something like 20,000 plus followers in, in like under a month. Oh my goodness. He was blown away. He was like, I don't know what you're doing, <laughs> like, but it's amazing. And, um, and to see the speed that you're growing, that it's all organic. And he was just, yeah, he was like, I need to just invest a bit of money in you because, you know, I, I he was just blown away. And um, so really that's where it started. I was able to leave my, my, job at that point I had enough money to pay very very tiny salaries just so we could keep the content um going and then it's just been kind of growing like that ever since all organic um up until now I've just gone through my second seed round and um that was a very steep learning curve as well um and yeah so now we actually have budget to pay for a bit of marketing which is really exciting and I just want to see that this is just going to be a catalyst to something that is already growing strongly without it so yeah that's really how we started and um my main mission was to to build something that was a really holistic approach to um to vegan living when I was you know, during my transition, I would have to go to one website to find out about the health aspects, one website to find out about the environmental, one website to go and find out about the uh, the ethical reasons of veganism. And there was nothing that was this holistic approach that was covering everything and everything that was like up-to-date news stories or, you know, these amazing recipes that you can incorporate into your diet or, you know, this is how you can reduce, you know, I don't know, greenhouse gas emissions from just changing, you know, one meal a day or something like that. And I, I couldn't find that resource anywhere. And I also couldn't find anything that was focused on the positive side of vegan living. Mm -hmm. There are alternative media websites out there that are focused on veganism, but there's nothing that's focused on, you know, this is, this is a really inclusive um, community. It's not about an elite group of people that can afford to live this way. It is something which everyone can do 
um, you know, within their means. Uh, it's where possible and practical, and we shouldn't be excluding any group of people, and we should be focusing on, on why it's such a um, desirable lifestyle to be part of and how much more accessible it's becoming every single day. And I couldn't find that anywhere. You know, mainstream news does veganism a disservice. It, it really, um, you know, you'll get these awful headlines on, on vegan, I don't know, vegan parents or something that, you know, malnourishing their children. And it just, it's all, it's all negative. And this, the same that I found with the alternative media, it was focused on the animal cruelty. And, um, and while this is like a huge topic for me and as an ethical vegan, it's the main driver for me. It's, I don't think it's, um, it's wise to always focus on the problem. Why not focus on the solution and then you resolve that problem. So that's what we're doing essentially is we're, we're empowering people to make a change in their life in mm -hmm. showing them, you know, how much fun and how accessible it can be. And um, yeah, that's, that's really the goal with what we're doing anyway. So you're basically spiraling up. I love that because that really is important. And I found that when talking to patients about this, it's really not the, oh, you're going to die of diabetes. Oh, you're going to take this medication. That's not what they respond to. What they respond to is the idea of not taking medications that they can have a thriving life. Let's look at what can work in that spiraling effect. I think you're absolutely onto something. So keep going. That's amazing. Um, how did you come up with the name Live Kindly? I like that. Um, well, that was part of, I guess, the, um, the idea of being inclusive. And we're creating vegan content for a non-vegan audience. I don't create this mm. content or my team doesn't create this content with a, a vegan audience in mind. We're creating this content for people who are vegan curious. And we recently had um, a market research study come back to show that 42% of our audience are non, that they don't identify as vegan. So the, the, these are people who are pescatarian, vegetarian, they still eat meat, so that, you know, omnivorous diets. Um, and or they classify themselves as veg curious or vegan curious. And these are the people that we want to reach. Um, and so I think that it's, it's dangerous to brand yourself as a, a vegan company in, when it comes to the brand name, mm. because then automatically you're shoving yourself off to this entire massive group of people that are not there yet and that don't feel that that content is for them. But you know what? Everyone wants to be a better person. Everyone wants to live kindly. Everyone wants to you know, do something that is good for themselves or for someone else or, you know, to build a better future. And I think that that was something that I felt resonated with uh, a lot of people. And um, yeah, it didn't kind of create that divide between vegans and non-vegans, which is something I, I can't stand. I think we need to get rid of that stigma. It's, you know, we're people and we're all in this process of change. And I think there's even that division between vegans and plant-based people who identify as the eating plant-based diets. And they don't necessarily want to say vegan because of the connotations that are associated with it. But going back, just kind of circling around, because you said you had worked um, in Vancouver for VC and I'm assuming venture capitalism and entrepreneurs. So how did you, did you ever think like, wow, I'm going to be a social entrepreneur. I'm going to launch something like this, like writing, I mean, where did that interest, you know, interest come from? Because I think that's so interesting how you, how you just kind of fell into something and you hit it right on and it just took off. <laughs> yeah, it was definitely um, a mixture between great timing and, and positioning. Um, 
that, uh, so my background is, is mostly media, not VC. So um, as I was raising my most recent seed round, um, it was the first time for me. And um, that was a very steep learning curve. I mean, I had the basic knowledge of how it would work, but I didn't realize it's essentially fundraising as another full-time job. And it's, uh, it was crazy, but it was really exciting to kind of experience that. And, um, and yeah, so VC is not my, uh, my background. My background is more in kind of media and advertising and a bit of sales as well. So I've, I've worked for uh, BBC's publishing house, um, Immediate Media in the UK. And I also worked for Hootsuite here in Vancouver, and that's like a social media management dashboard. Um, so yeah, my I guess it kind of married everything together. Um, my knowledge and background in, in media and advertising. Um, I mean, I don't want to say advertising, that's not really how it was, but but the content and knowing how to kind of, you know, produce content that is is going to kind of create a reaction or create interest or, um, you know, reach a, a wide kind of network of people. So that's really where my background came from. And I, I think that I've always had that kind of curiosity um, when it comes to, to people as well. So we're still constantly learning and fine tuning all of the, the, you know, the language that we use, how we articulate certain things. And we're really kind of responsive to the, um, the way that our audience is kind of reacting to us as well. Um, so yeah, it's, it's an ongoing kind of evolution. <laughs> that is really curious. So one of my kids, um, they're all in their 20s now, but he is about to finish college and is a marketing major and starting his own plant-based company. So for someone like that, who in their early 20s has some experience doing interning, advertising, super eager and ready to go, start his own podcast. What type of advice do you give to these young entrepreneurs who are like, you know, chomping at the bit to do something, but so like maybe some of the lessons that you learned or something like that, that you would provide for someone like that? Um, so it depends what stage you're at, but I think that something uh, for everyone is if you're going to produce content and where I failed at the first hurdle was um, produce it frequently. So do it as consistently as possible, produce a lot of content, and um, you've got to find that balance of keeping the quality as well. So you don't want to produce so much content that you're just putting out something, you know, with no purpose. You need to make sure that whatever you're producing still has value for your audience or your readers. And so we're, we're still kind of working out, you know, where is that line? Um, because we are known for, um, I guess, often being the first for putting out, um, you know, breaking new stories um, in, the, in the vegan landscape, I guess. And it can be tough when you're, you know, you don't have the resources to do it. And it's, you know, it's learning how to prioritize that and, and ensuring that, you know, you stick to that schedule, you work out, you know, what your audience responds to. Um, and yeah, kind of, as I was saying before, like keep fine tuning it, like listen to the feedback and just really, you know, take that in and think about, well, Maybe if I did this slightly different, then you can, and you can kind of essentially A-B to A-B test everything that you're doing and until you find something that really kind of hits the spot with your audience. Um, one thing that we did here at Kindly as well was uh, create kind of um, reader avatars. So we were looking at, you know, who are the, this is the audience that we have, but this is the target audience that we want to be hitting and who is that person? And we went as far as, you know, getting, you know, a stock image of a person that we were thinking could be a reader, giving them a name, 
giving them all of these details about their personality and then describing, you know, and why would they, why would they be interested in, in the content you're producing? What is it about what we are putting out there that is going to resonate with this person? Or how can we? And um, that has been really helpful to have when you are maybe losing your focus a bit with content and you don't know which direction to go and just remember who you're creating the content for. Absolutely. I think that's a great idea. You know, our avatar is my patients I've had for 20 years. <laughs> you know, it's, it's really interesting. You, you're exactly right. Is right. Is think about the person that you would be speaking to. So fabulous. So as far as all the content that you put out, what has been the most maybe inspiring or surprising story that you found and, and published? Um, do you know what? I have to admit that I don't know the story in, the, in full detail, but one of the um, stories that really kind of, uh, it stands out more than anything else. And we do a lot of kind of celebrity news stories and, uh, and product releases, things like, like that. But there was one which we put on Facebook maybe, I don't know, it must have been over six months ago now. And it was this um, 22-year-old woman. I think she was in Brooklyn. I could be wrong. Um, essentially, she had created her own uh, like, like health food cafe. And it was just a really inspiring story about how she wanted to bring health into her community. And, um, and I just think like really inspiring to see but it was this young woman who um, had opened this vegan cafe and, and it was, I, I don't know whether this is accurate, but I think it was like a pay what you think it's worth or something like that. There was something to do with like giving back to the community in terms of, um, you know, making the, the food affordable in addition to healthy. And it was really inspiring to see, but I, I wasn't sure how, um, how that would perform on Facebook. You know, I, I wasn't, sure about you know what what kind of engagement is that going to get from our audience we uh we do a lot of these kind of stories but we also do a lot of celebrity stories which typically typically do very well you know if so and so has gone vegan everyone goes crazy but um yeah so this story went out and i was kind of unsure about it and the next thing i know i, I check it ten thousand likes twenty thousand likes like how like the, it blew my mind and actually i was kind of concerned that the site <laughs> was going to go down because of the amount of traffic we had from it. And it just really inspired me that people were so touched by that story and obviously so inspired by what this young woman had achieved. Um, and lots of kind of other news, uh, like mainstream news uh, websites, picked that story up afterwards and have been following since. So she's got a lot of um, amazing publicity from that. But it was, um, yeah, that's the one that really kind of stands out more than any of the others, I think it's, you know, if we can focus on the real people and, um, and highlight these uh, amazing initiatives that, that, think that people are doing, then um, especially when they're giving back to the community, I think it's just, yeah, I, I just think that was incre incredible. That is really cool. And I think honestly, just from my little, I guess, end of one, when you share, when I share stories that are actually everyday people doing incredible things. Those are the ones that I get the most interaction with people responding and talking. I'm on social media more than my kids. I, I started out just trying to stalk them, but now I actually enjoy it. So, but, um, but it's really cool to see that interaction, but you're exactly right. And it's fun to share because you want to make people feel good. You know, I always tell my patients when I get them off of medications, like I had one today, we stopped no kidding, her diabetic medications and hypertension meds after 25 years. And 
the most incredible joy in sharing that with someone. And it's just, that's over, it's over and over. I call it veggie crack. It's like, I need my veggie crack. You need it. <laughs> Give me my, my dopamine hit. <laughs> um, but that isn't, I mean, that must be part of what motivates you to keep going when you're staying up late and you've got deadlines to meet and, you know, worry about funding and all that. I mean, that has to be part of your inspiration. Yeah. Um, I would say 100%. It's, uh, you know, the, the tricky thing with running a 24 <laughs> seven news company is that you kind of don't know when to stop. And, you know, I'm, we all work remotely. So I'm working from home and I, you know, I, I'm communicating with people 24-7. Honestly, I don't sleep that much anymore. But um, it, it's, tough, it's tough to draw that line. It's tough to kind of draw that line between work and, and home life and also knowing, you know, okay, I've done enough for today because enough is never enough. And you'll never call it up with work. There's always something that can be done. And, um, and I'm recently kind of learning now that it's so important also to take a step back and, and to... You know, I think that you become more creative when you spend that time kind of not in the weeds and, and <laughs> take a step back and you can look at it from a different perspective. And I, yeah, I'm very guilty of kind of getting caught up in, in all of that. And um, yeah, I think that that's, that's probably the toughest thing I've learned since starting this is that, you know, take some time out and actually you can be more productive that way um, and, and do more kind of good um, instead of getting stressed out and, and worked up on these tiny little details. Um, so yeah, but it's exciting though. And it's like, you know, as, as you said, you know, seeing, having something that is so rewarding um, in real time, I think that that's, just, you know, it's definitely something that kind of keeps me going. Just seeing the comments and seeing how pa happy people are and inspired they are that they are making a difference. Um, yeah, it's, it's a big driver. And I think the cool thing is too, is you don't know that ripple effect. So you may have your initial reader and then maybe they share it, you know, five down the line, or if they speak to someone about it and you know, that impact that can occur, you don't even know. And I think that's exciting because I've had, you know, seven years ago when we went plant-based, having a patient go plant-based with me in Western Colorado in a little town called Rifle. No kidding. <laughs> so, um, but then hearing from her earlier this year was someone that she reached out to about a year ago, had they ended up losing a hundred pounds, reversing their lupus. And I'm thinking, you know, it was just that seven years ago, starting that, that one spark. And it's fun to see those ripple effects because we don't get to see that very often, but that's, that's very exciting. Cool. So, is there anything in particular? I know you guys have a club kindly as well. Can you explain what that is? Because I like for people to participate if, if they're interested. Yeah. Um, so we recently launched Club Kindly. And um, so as we um, kind of produce our content, most of it's uh, focused on news. And uh, we, we actually do have a lot of partnerships going on behind the scenes. And so we're partnering with um, a number of chefs. Um, other, you know, small startups, uh, people who are releasing new vegan products um, all the time. And it, it's really quite exciting. But with Club Kindly, we've actually, it's a subscription model. So it's another way to get kind of additional um, content from us that we're not going to be um, necessarily having on the website because um, a lot of the these partnerships we can offer exclusive discounts. Um, we're also going to be highlighting you know, these amazing influencers every single month having an Ask Me Anything session on our private Facebook group chat. Um, 
we had Doxy Bausch um, last month and um, the vegan Olympian, very, very inspiring and just great to be able to have that one-on-one -on -one time. Um, we're a very small group, Club Kindly is a very small group at the moment, but we're looking to to obviously keep growing that. And um, we're also launching next week a uh, meal plan service uh, that's personal. Uh, you can personalize it, completely custom it to, you know, your dietary requirements. Of course, it's going to be vegan. Um, and that's going to be like a complimentary um, subscription to the Club Kindly as well. So really excited about the launch. Um, we didn't want to go the traditional route of, you know, doing lots of sponsored content for, um, you know, we're at the stage now where we focused for a year and a half, um, essentially on building the community and, and putting out content for free. And, and unfortunately now for us to, to make this a sustainable business model, we're looking at some really creative ways that we can monetize, but also give back value to, um, you know, our highest engaged readers. And I'm really excited um, about both of these things. I think that, um, you know, it's a way that we can actually build this community even more and, um, and kind of get the community to interact even more as well. And, and at the same time, give a lot more back. So, so yeah, that's kind of where we're at at the moment. We have a site, um, Total Refresh launching next week. Um, so I definitely recommend checking it out because there'll be a lot of new kind of things to explore on there and you can find out more about the meal plan and the club kindly services. Um, but yeah, we have lots going on at the moment. It sounds like your hand, your plate is full. <laughs> and I know uh, you have a few minutes left. What would be the last bit of advice? I always like to ask um, individualists because your experience may resonate with someone. And what advice would you give to someone who's listening and they're going, maybe I'll give this plant-based diet a try. What, what bit of advice or encouragement or words of wisdom would you pass on to someone like that who's vegan curious? I would say that um, if you do try it, don't, you know, some people can transition from eating meat to going completely vegan overnight. And that's incredible. I couldn't do that. I think it's so important to remember that uh, sometimes vegans and uh, people who are not vegan put vegans on this pedestal of, you know, perfection. It's like you have to do you have to give up this, 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 and this, and you have to do it perfectly. And if you slip up, then you're not vegan anymore. And, and that's just not the case. And it can take time. So I think be kind to yourself is a really important part of this. And I think just remembering that if you do make a mistake, you know what, just make a better decision next time it happens. We're human. Um, you know, I, I have made mistakes in the last year, you know, when I've picked up the wrong, um, I don't know, product and it has milk products and it, it, it happens, but it's all about your intention. And I think that if we have that kind of conscious way of living, um, then that is the best you can do. So I think that um, let's get rid of that idea of perfection. Let's do the best that we can. And that's not to say don't go vegan in every part of your life that you can, you know, if you can do that, then do that. Um, but I, yeah, I think it's, you know, about being kind to yourself first as well. Mm. I really love that. I think being kind to yourself because most often time we're their harshest critic and we don't we don't think about those words that we say to ourselves um, can really hinder our growth and where we actually might shine somewhere. So I, I think those are brilliant words. And so thank you so much. <laughs>
Um, thank you, Jody, so much for your time with us and um, audience. Will you'll see everyone's uh, links in the in the show notes below, and definitely go give them a like on Facebook and share the word. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you. Thank you.